Welcome to the C12 Podcast. My name is Matt, and today we have Alex Carney starting out our new series called I Quit. And this week we will be talking about how we can quit making excuses. We hope you are encouraged and guided by today's message. All right, C12, how are we doing tonight? Man, it is good to be here. Uh, I'm so excited to be here tonight. I'm excited to jump into this teaching specifically. Uh, if you're new, uh, we just want to say welcome home. We say that uh, all the time here at, at, at C12, but we're just so glad that you're here. And uh, over the past uh, several weeks, uh, even since summer kickoff, when we went over that value that we, uh, that we get to find the fun, that we get to find the fun in what we do. And so if there's things in the night throughout the teaching, obviously, hey, this ministry is super engaging. So if you're new, welcome. <laughs> this is the part of our ministry. This is who we are. So uh, we don't only engage just in community before and after service, but hey, we engage in worship. We go after it in worship. We engage in teaching. We go after it in teaching. So if there's something that sticks out, hey, you can say amen. amen. You can, I love it. I love it. If there's something that you don't like, you can say, uh, I don't know, you suck. Uh, you can text that to 37748. Or you can uh, text new joke to 37748. Uh, sermons like this are interactive, and uh, before I jump in, I wanted to explain a little bit of what this whole series is. So this series is called I Quit. So I quit. So most of the time when we say I quit, we feel like we're going to quit things that we shouldn't. <laughs> we quit working out. We quit being nice to somebody. We quit pursuing God. See, we usually quit the things that we shouldn't do. But what if we decided to quit the things and we quit the right things? What if we quit uh, doing the things that, that destroy our life, that destroy our soul, things that are actually supposed to bring us joy, and we kill those because we choose not to quit them? So in this series, we're going to kind of explore five different things that I think that God is inviting us to. I think things that uh, God is instructing all of us here in this community to uh, know how to quit. And we're jumping in tonight of, I quit making excuses. Oh, you know I'm ready to preach. You know, I'm ready to preach. Can you know why? Because I had uh, some, not only Jesus, but I had some nitro cold brews. I'm about to punch a hole through a wall, and I'm freaking hyped to be here. <laughs> so tonight's going to be awesome. So how many of you guys are competitive in this room? How many of you guys are competitive? You hate losing. How many, okay, how many, uh, just sore losers out there? <laughs> just hey, I'm one of them, okay? My hand's raised, okay? And when you lose, okay, you make an excuse as to why you lost, right? So when you lose, you're like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because, you know, bro, if I had the right shoes on, dude, I would have crossed you up, dude. You know, hey, if I, had the, you know, if I had the right mentality, yeah, if it was the right day, if I had the right shirt, it's too hot, it's too cold. You know, like when your favorite sports team loses and they lose like in an important game and you're like, well, yeah, but that ref in the one quarter when he called that one call and messed up the whole day, you know, and you're like, you're just throwing everything off and just making excuses. See, we all have them. We all make excuses, don't we? Even the excuses that you just use and, you, and it's like, what? What does that even mean? Some of you have excuses like, yeah, well, you know, I couldn't run as fast because I got poison ivy and it's two years ago and it's just forever. It's like, you know, messed my life up. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, does that what, does that, what does that do to you? <laughs> See, we all have excuses. We all make excuses. I mean, let's, let's just jump right in. Let's, let's look at Luke uh, 14 where it says at the time, this is, this is uh, Jesus using the parable of the banquet. So parable, it's just an analogy. It's just a story. And he's using this uh, uh, as an invitation and he's showing a man who invited many people. So he's sending out invitations. It's a big party. Hey, basically, hey, everybody's got to come to this. So he's sending out invitations. And this is what it says. That at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to what? Oh, we, can all, we can all engage with this. They all alike began to what? Make excuses. And if you keep reading, even in verse 18, if you've got your Bibles up, it'll say, one guy says, I just bought a field and I need to go see it. 
Look it up on Google Maps, bro. Not that important. <laughs> like, what do you got to go see? Ima okay, imagine sitting there and you're like, dude, <laughs> so glad I missed this banquet. <laughs> so I can just watch this grass grow. <laughs> oh, this field is legit. <laughs> I should start a lawn care service. I should keep this up. I should start a golf green here. What does that even mean? I just bought a field and you go see it. Another, another thing, the other guy says, I bought five yoke of oxen and I need to go try them out. Okay, clearly I'm not a farm guy, obviously. But <laughs> if, what does that mean? What are you gonna go try out your oxen? Pull out your inner Woody from Toy Story and just go ride that thing around and you're just gonna go see, oh, maybe I can just try, that, try out this oxen. This one's my favorite one. And the other guy says, <laughs> I just got married so I can't come. <laughs> imagine you say that. Like imagine, like, imagine you use that right now. Imagine, hey man, you wanna come to the gym? No, I can't, married, <laughs> too busy. <laughs> Hey, man, want to come to see Top? No, nope, married. Can't. Sorry. Hey, want to come? Uh, man, join a Bible study? I really want to dive in. No, no, I can't. Married. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Priorities. <laughs> see, we do this all the time, don't we? <laughs> Immediately upon the invitation, there's excuse after excuse after excuse. And like many of us, we always say, hey, I'd like this to be different about my life. But last year I tried it and it didn't really work. <laughs> Well, I've tried that before. Well, I've tried incorporating that habit. I've tried doing that thing and nothing's different, so why bother? Why would I wanna do this? I'm not good enough. <laughs> Now's not the right time. I would like to do this, but I don't know. Why does it matter? I'm clearly better than him. <laughs> I'm way better than her. <laughs> We give excuse after excuse after excuse. I would like to blank. You fill in the blank. I like to read my Bible more. I like to pray more. I'd like to uh, be a part of community more. I love to start going to the gym. You know, I started, to, I, I, want to, I want to quit, you know, making this be a bad habit of my life. I want to let go of the addiction that just so keeps me in bondage. I would like to, and fill in the blank. <laughs> I want this to change about my life. And we fill it excuse after excuse after excuse. Okay, what, I, I just want to, you know, let's just play off this for a second. Let's just play off a couple of things that you guys tell yourselves as excuses. So what are the things that you guys uh, would say, oh, this is an excuse that I give myself all the time. Let, let's, just, let's just be a little interactive in the room. Let's just say one thing that, yeah, is an excuse to you. Too tired. Good one. Perfect. Not enough time. Let's keep going. Let's keep, let's keep rolling with them. Do it later. Here's my excuse. The Sharpie isn't good enough. <laughs> do it later what's another one I'm sorry I like that different I had to make sure I heard it right it wasn't bad I wasn't shutting it down I had to make sure I heard you what's another one too busy let's do three more don't <laughs> hey you want to try no don't care <laughs> We've all been there. Okay, a couple more. God's timing. Ooh. Hmm. Well, well, we'll jump into that. We'll jump into that. Let's do one more. Wow. <laughs> If I was Jesus, I could hear all of them, and I didn't. It's not for me. It's not for me. If you're judging my handwriting, I went to school in Canada, so we get held back a year. <laughs> It's not for me. 
These are the reasons that we tell ourselves, I'm too tired, there's not enough time, or I'll do it later, I'm sorry, I'm too busy, I don't really care, uh, it's not, I don't know if it's God's timing, it's not for me. These are the excuses that we tell ourselves over every habit, over every lifestyle choice, over every goal. And sometimes we know what our excuses are, but we don't know why we make them. Where does it come from? Why do we say those things? And I believe that there's three reasons why we make excuses. This is not an exhaustive list. There's, these aren't the only reasons, but I do believe that a lot of the reasons can funnel down into these three, and I believe they happen in these three stages. The three big reasons why we make excuses is because we delay, we deny, we defend. We delay, we deny, we defend. Delay. Basically saying, I'll get to it someday. <laughs> we say, oh yeah, I'll start tomorrow. It's late. Give it a shot another day. It's raining. I'll go to C12 next week. That one is probably too real. Our first option is that we keep punting the ball down the field and we push the decision to a different day. We avoid the work that we know that actually brings the result. You see, in delay, it's not that we don't lack desire. We all have a desire to change. We all have a desire of like, hey, I want to quit doing this. I want to start incorporating this habit into my life to make my life better. See, we all have a desire, all of us do. We have a desire to, to, to be with God, to read our Bible more, to go to the gym, to get, uh, to get healthier, to get better physically, to manage our finances better, to be more kind, to let go of idols in our life, to let go of the things that are just so in bondage to us. But see, desire minus discipline equals delay. Desire minus discipline equals delay. When discipline is absent, it gives birth to delay. And you'll say, I'll do it later. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll try next week. What is it? Look at what it says in Proverbs 14. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. Mere talk. And basically, in other words, in other translations, it'll say idle chatter, <laughs> meaning that, hey, the things that we talk about but don't do, the things that we tell ourselves and we tell others, but, hey, they don't change because we don't do them. See, the power isn't in what we say. The power is in what we do. See, in the delay stage, we constantly push God's invitation to another day or another time, and delayed obedience is current disobedience. Delayed obedience is current disobedience. We won't see a harvest in our goals if we don't have a sowing in our habits. You can't. You won't have fruit in your life if I don't put in the work to do it. So we delay. It's one of the reasons. Second one, deny. Now, uh, last weekend, uh, I was actually in uh, up north Georgia, and uh, this was a little retreat that we did with a, a couple friends of mine from a, a 12 Stone Home group, and we decided to go up north Georgia in this nice cabin. It was our last night that we were there, so we thought we'd go out to dinner. Uh, have you ever had like weird like dinner experiences where like you waited forever, you got the wrong food, like plastic showed up on your pizza, something weird, and you're like, I'll never forget that place, I'm not going back there. Okay, we've all had those experiences. This, this was the weirdest uh, restaurant experience I've ever had in my life. So, uh, of course, it's dinner time, so you're probably going to have to wait a little while. So we end up waiting. Uh, they told us the wait time is 45 minutes. So I was like, okay, you know, we'll hang out, we'll play some games, you know, do those like, would you rather, uh, do that like the in-between things. And then it just it kept happening. It was like excuse after excuse, and it was like, oh, hey, you know, uh, 
like, hey, yeah, we'll, we'll eventually get your table. We're just moments away. And I was like, okay, yeah. And then about a couple minutes goes by and they're like, well, yeah, yeah, we just wiped off the table. They just left. Uh, yeah, we're just moments away. And I was like, okay, you told me that already. Uh, and then they do it again. <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're pushing them together. We're, cl you know, clear it off, make sure they're waiting. And I was like, dude, what's going on? <laughs> like, clearly this is not, like, there's no table that's happening. We finally follow this one younger guy. He doesn't even know what's happening. He doesn't know what table we're going to. We ended up uh, being up at somebody else's table that wasn't even ours. It was actually somebody else's table, but he was so confused and he had no idea what was happening. He literally took the menus, set them down and he goes, man, I don't know what's happening. And then he walks away. And I was like, what do you mean? You work here. What? This is your job. You're supposed to know. And then we finally get our waiter who comes to the table after waiting. This is not 45 minutes. We end up waiting an hour and a half. An hour, and at this point, people are hangry. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no joke you could say that makes people feel better. They give that Kevin Hart look like, bro, <laughs> don't tell me any joke. I just want my food. And we finally sit down. The waiter comes. He asks for our drinks. Never saw him again. Never came back. Don't know where he went. The manager comes out. He says, hey, you know what? Uh, so, uh, you know what? He actually overworked himself. He's actually overheated. Uh, he's really uh, hot. Uh, and so he's back in the workroom. He's just kind of taking some time to rest. So we're going to send you out a new waitress, and she's going to come out, and she's going to head and take your orders. And people are like, dude, you got to be kidding me. It's about my food. And then she comes out. Now, people at this point, they're just waiting. So they're going outside. We're talking to the hostess. We're like, oh, yeah, we feel so bad for our waiter. I know that he passed out. And she goes, oh, him? Pfft, yeah, he's fine. He just got the Johnson and Johnson. He's just losing his mind. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> where'd that come from? She goes, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm high right now. You know why? Because I'm at work. I was, <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> like in a Jonah Hill movie. Like, what is happening? What is going on? The manager comes out, and now he's like, he's wide-eyed. He's all stressed. He's got, I mean, he's just feeling hot in his face. He's got, like, sweat in his hair. He's coming out. He's like, man, I'm just getting wrecked from all sides tonight. And I'm like, maybe you should probably, like, establish a better management as far as your culture. And what I, I just thought about it later on, I was like, you know, sometimes that we do that. Like, he allowed what's happening around his restaurant to give an excuse as to who the restaurant is not. And I think sometimes we do that in our faith, and we allow what's happening in our life, around our life, and we give an excuse as to who we're not. You see, excuses do nothing but excuse our character. Excuses do nothing but excuse our, our character. We deny, we hide who we are. And we go from delaying to denying <laughs> into the third thing. We defend. We defend. You see, we end up using excuses and we actually hide that from what we really feed on. See, I want, I want to, to do a little exercise for a second. Why don't you just go ahead and pull out your phones? So whether in the front, you're in the back, doesn't matter where you're at. Why don't you go ahead and pull out your phones? You go ahead and take it out of your pocket. I want you to go to your settings. And I want you to uh, go to screen time. Oh, it's about to get real. <laughs> See, how many, how many of us, we have, we've always said, hey, you know what, I just don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to pray. I don't have enough time to respond. I don't have time to spend time with family, with friends. I don't have, I don't have enough time for this. Right now, we're all like, dude, what's your screen time? <laughs> In our screen time, see, we use excuses to hide who we really are. <laughs> Don't even tell me your answer. I don't even want to know. 
Excuses hide what we really feed on. And what you, catch this for a second, hang with me. Sometimes we say we don't have enough time, but that's got more of my attention than maybe other things. And then we use things in life and we allow to give excuses to sacrifice what's important for what's urgent. Well, this is more important, but I'll give time to maybe what be more, or, more urgent. And what you feed on forms you. What you feed on forms you. And so we defend. We justify. Well, it's because I'm busy. It's because I'm this. And look at what it says. This, is, this has been happening even since the beginning of time. Look at what it says in Genesis 3. This is right in the fall. And this is, to give you context, this is what God is having a conversation. It's a dialogue with Adam. That he instructed Adam not to eat the fruit from the tree. It says when we, uh, and this says in verse 10, it says, he answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, well, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. <laughs> See, God is having a dialogue with Adam. And when you know the context of the story, God first instructed Adam, hey, do not eat from the tree. And what is, uh, what is Adam's response? He gives excuse after excuse after excuse. See, we are quick to admit nothing and justify everything. We're quick to admit nothing and justify everything. So we delay, we deny, and we defend. So how do, how, how do you quit making excuses? How do you practically dig into that? The first thing, <laughs> learn to lead yourself. Learn to lead yourself. See, it's often been said that you can't, if you can't lead yourself, then you can't lead anybody else. <laughs> If you can't lead yourself, you'll have a hard time leading in your work. You'll have a hard time leading your spouse. You'll have a hard time leading the people you're over, the ministry you're over, the sports team you have influence on, your family and friends, the people that you go to school with. <laughs> See, self-leadership, this is the beginning of everything for us. It puts us at the helm of our life. So, now, hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you're the Lord of your life. You don't, you don't own, you don't control everything. You can't uh, own all the outcomes. You can't predict everything that's going to happen. But when you're put at the helm of your life, you get to make decisions. These are things, these are choices that you make. And God is sovereign and he, he, all the results and all the outcomes lie with him. But what we do matters. The decisions that we make, the choices that we make. Look at what it says in Proverbs 21. The horse is made ready for battle, but victory rests with the Lord. The horse is made ready for battle, but victory rests with the Lord. You see, the horse is made ready for battle, meaning that we have a part. We have to be ready. We have to prepare. If I'm not ready, victory isn't possible. Victory lies with God, but we have a job in this too. Self-leadership, this, this determines how we manage our time. How do you manage your time? You, this is how you steward what God has given you. The body that God's given you the finances God has given you. And three, we figure out what's important. See, without self-leadership, we will always be drug along by our selfish desires, our impulses, our cravings, our appetites. Without self-leadership, your life is driven by emotion instead of devotion. 
Your life is driven by emotion instead of devotion. You see, oftentimes in life, you know, there's a, uh, there's the reality of where we're at. So this is where you might be right now. And then there's like a desire in you to change. Like, hey, I, I want to start praying more. I want to know how to hear God's voice. I want to start reading the Bible. I want to start, you know, I, I want to quit doing maybe even some of the things that I know that are toxic in my life. And there's, there's really a, a desire to change. And you want to get really what is the desired outcome, which is the, the, the vision or goal that you have. And desire is usually what starts it. Desire is usually what gets you from where you're at to where you're going. But obviously it's the habits that you put in place. So your good habits is what is going to get you there, but your bad habits is what is gonna take you back. And you know, uh, when I was in high school, of course I'm young, dumb, and passionate, and I'm seeing all these people that wanna run long distance, and I'm like, oh, I wanna do that too, you know? So when I'm a kid, my dad signed up, signing me up for all these races and all the 5Ks, and <sighs> I'm not a long distance runner, man. <laughs> It's not my thing. I love, I love like the short, intense workouts, the short runs. But sometimes you look at somebody else and you get inspired by what they do. And so you want to do it. And so now I'm doing all these races. And, and it's always, you know, the, it's always discouraging when you got like the golf cart behind you or the cop car. And then you know that you're really in last place. And now you got to like make something up. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's because I broke my leg last week. That's why I'm like... You know, and you start like making up excuses or like, you know, I'm like, I'm wheezing. I have, you know, I need my inhaler. You're like, you don't have asthma. And I'm like, well, it's, it's the elevation. Like you're just, you're just coming up with random stuff. And it was a lot of times like I had the desire that, okay, yeah, I want to run. I had the desire that, hey, I want to actually incorporate this into my life. This was the vision. This was the goal. But I, you don't rise to your vision. You fall to your habits. You don't rise to where you want to go. You fall to where you actually live. Here's a better question. Let's say you take away the vision, you take away the goal, you take away the thing that you want to do. Just for a second, just, just run with me with this for a second. Take away the fact that, hey, maybe you want to incorporate this in your life. Take away the fact that, hey, this, is my, this might be something that you want to quit. Erase it from your mind. Imagine it's not even there. Would this still succeed if you only lived by your habits? would that actually still be the result of how you live? Because in moments like this, we think that we need a, a bigger desire when really we just need a better system. We just need a better system. We need a better system into how we discipline our life. So you will always produce the results that you have with the system you created. You will always have the same outcome so we need a better system. We need better goals to produce a better result. And I want to unpack a little bit of the uh, SMART goal. Some of you guys have ever heard, uh, some of you guys have heard of this before. You've heard of SMART goals. You've heard the, the acronym that gets laid out. Some of you have never heard of this before. <laughs> so if you're taking notes, I would jot these down. And if you've, if, even if you have heard of it before, I would go ahead, let this revitalize something in you. Let, it, let, let the Holy Spirit just leverage this for a second. Leverage this conversation that, hey, maybe God wants you to revisit something right now in your life to start incorporating discipline, to start incorporating some of these goals and habits in your life. And maybe, maybe some of us aren't goal-driven. Like, well, I, I don't do goals. I don't, like, I don't do that. I live lifestyles. Like, I'm, I'm more about the rhythms. <laughs> the same thing still applies. The same thing still applies. So first one, make goals specific. Make goals specific. State the who, the what, when, 
where, why, how of your goal. Get clear about why you want to do it. See, what's the motive? How's it gonna happen? Who's gonna hold you accountable? Where are you gonna do it? Why are you doing it? See, goals fail not because of a lack of motivation, but they lack because of clarity. If you have more clarity, if you have a better focus, you'll get a better desired outcome. Second thing, make goals measurable. So how are you gonna keep track of how you're doing? How are you gonna know how you're growing? How do you track progress? How do you know what you might need to change? What do you have to rethink about your goal that maybe isn't working? Maybe you have to come back to the drawing board and say, well, this isn't gonna work out, so I gotta apply this to my habit or my lifestyle to make it more effective. Measurement shouldn't change the nature of the goal. How you track kind of how you're doing, how you pull people in to hold you accountable, this shouldn't eliminate or deteriorate the nature of your goal. Three, make goals attainable. See, goals should be large enough to be outside your comfort zone, but not outside reality. So a couple years ago when I was in South Dakota, uh, there was a uh, football player, uh, some of you guys know, obviously Julio Jones played for the Atlanta Falcons uh, for a little bit, and he actually changed a lot of his lifestyle into to eating more organic. And uh, he ended up switching his whole eating habits. He had a personal chef, so he's now eating like on this Mediterranean lifestyle, which is like a lot of fish, so he's cutting out a lot of like sugars and carbs and stuff into his life. And so uh, I had a conversation with somebody who told me about uh, this diet that he was doing. And so I just, I don't know, I got this like weird impulse desire. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna you know, be rock hard. And, uh, and so then I ended up uh, going to, switching to, oh, I wanna eat everything organic. I wanna be in this Mediterranean lifestyle. I wanna go all out for this. And I ended up going to the grocery store store. Just guess how much you think. Okay, for two weeks, okay, two weeks worth of groceries for a single adult, guess how much you think I spent? Just shout it out. $20, a $100, $300, $400. Okay. <laughs> I spent $363 for two weeks of groceries for a single adult. Bro, I don't even know what I'm buying. I'm going through like the, the grocery store, I'm buying everything organic. I don't have like a, a, like a budget of what I'm working with. I don't have like a grocery list. I'm just seeing everything organic. Oh sweet, Aunt Annie's organic goldfish, in the cart. Organic pancake mix, don't even like it, in the cart. Organic olive oil, sure, I'll probably use it someday, in the cart. I'm buying things I don't even know how to pronounce. I'm like telling people, yeah, I bought like organic thyme leaves. And they're like, what? You mean thyme? I'm like, oh, just making sure you knew, like, crazy. What am I gonna use thyme for? What am I like, pull out like my inner Gordon Ramsay? I'm like, oh, here's just the beef and barley soup. I'm like, of course I'm not gonna know what to use or how to make it. So this is where it gets worse, okay? So I leave the grocery store, okay, full of healthy food and full of regret. So I get back to the house. Now I'm making like this special like shrimp dish. <laughs> This special like shrimp dish, it's like 8.30 at night. I'm like, what am I doing? And I have like this uh, special like seasoning and sauce, making sure I'm putting my thyme leaves on top. I'm having like this nice shrimp, this organic pasta, this sauce, this flavor. And then, okay, I was like, you know what? I went to bed happy. I feel full. I still feel regret. God's probably not proud. And, uh, and then I go next day for staff prayer. Well, it turns out uh, this, this sweatshirt that I wore was actually in the kitchen where I'm making all this food. Oh, yeah, you know where the story's going. So I can't, you know, at that point, if my nose was stuffed up, I couldn't smell anything. And I ended up going to staff prayer <laughs> and I'm sitting down like in, in some of the chairs you guys are sitting in right now. And uh, I remember this guy sitting like, you know, two rows uh, to the side of me and he goes, oh, dude, 
It's like, what did you make? And I was like, oh gosh, like, you know, you do like that smell your breath, like my toothpaste is organic, but it still smells fresh. <laughs> I don't know, that's fine. I put on deodorant, I showered, had a breakfast smoothie, like this is fine. And uh, he goes, man, you smell like fish. And he said it in front of everybody. So now everybody's like social distancing. They're like, before social distancing was a thing, I invented it in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So now I'm sitting in this room, everyone, oh, he's like, man, whatever you did, don't ever make that again. <laughs> they asked me to pray. I was like the most insecure prayer of my life. I was like, God, I hope you bring the aroma of Jesus onto my sweatshirt. <laughs> Just make me smell better. <laughs> it didn't matter what I prayed. It didn't matter what happened. An angel could have showed up and people would have been mad. I mean, you smell like fish, get out of here. I stunk. <laughs> That's because my goal stunk. It's not attainable. I can't do it. That is something that is not attainable. See, goals should be large enough to be outside your comfort zone, but not outside reality. Make goals relevant. So write your goals with an eye for if they actually align with your life right now. Does it align with the stage of life that you're in? Does it align with the personality that you have, the values that you have? Just because somebody gets up at 3 a.m. wants to work out doesn't mean that you need to apply the same habit that they do. <laughs> don't make a goal to save for a ring if you're not even dating. Don't make a goal to buy a house if you don't even have a job. Don't make a goal to be a professional basketball player and play for Team USA just because they're struggling right now. <laughs> make goals relevant. Relevant to where you're at, to who you are. Last thing, make goals timely. See, goals should have a timeline of action. So when do you want to achieve this by? At what point do you want this lifestyle, this rhythm, this rhythm, this goal to be actually really true about your life? See, deadlines aren't a pass or fail, but if you don't have a deadline, you might not ever reach it. See, this puts into perspective and holds you accountable to keep discipline when you might lack desire. So learn to lead yourself. Second thing we can do, let God's grace fill the gaps. Let God's grace fill the gaps. See, we must learn to lead ourselves, but sometimes the hardest person to lead is ourselves. We're our own worst critic. We count ourselves out way before others do and before God does. And we mess up. We're so hard on ourselves and we say that we'll never change. Nothing will ever be different about my life. I'm not good enough. I'll never do this. Any of us have the thought of, oh, I thought I'd be farther along by now? And we get more discouraged, we aren't content, we feel hopeless, and then you wonder why somebody else has breakthrough in their life and their rhythm and their goal, and you don't, and you're stuck, and you feel in bondage. And we have the same thinking, the same lifestyle, the same habits, you're like, I just can't ever change. And sometimes I think that Satan doesn't need to take you out because he's convinced you to take yourself out. He's convinced you to take yourself out. See, if you want to change the way you live, change the way you think. Change the way you think. You can't do it on your own power. You can't do it on your own ability. We can't do it alone. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians. And this is, uh, this is what God is having dialogue with Paul. And, and Paul is saying this over not only just all the hardships in his life, not only all the persecutions, but it's all the difficulties, difficulties that he's facing, both spiritually and physically. And even earlier on in Romans, he talks about like, hey, when I want to do good, there's evil that's right alongside with me. When I want to, to, to do the things that God's asking me to do, when I want to start maybe imploring these things into my life, evil is right there beside me that wants to take me out. 
And what God says, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And therefore, Paul goes on to say, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. My grace is sufficient for you. See, your goals might get you started, but it's God's grace that keeps you going. He sustains you. He is sufficient. And when you don't feel like you can change, it's because you don't feel that gap. God's grace does. It's his grace that changes you because it's his grace that saved you. So let's not think that God's grace was only for our salvation and not for our journey. There's a book um, that I would recommend to all of you. And if you are taking notes, you can write this down. This book is called uh, Atomic Habits. It's by James Clear, and this is a, it's a book about really how to build good habits and how to break bad ones. And in this book, uh, James Clear goes, uh, and he gives a great analogy about how to build better habits. Basically, you know, how do I quit making excuses? How do I start to incorporate maybe uh, these things into my life? How do I uh, incorporate maybe, you know, to get rid of that bad habit? And maybe right now you're just wrestling with like, man, I just, I feel like I'm in bondage to the same thing for years. Like I keep making these same decisions. I feel like I'm still in bondage to lust. I feel like I'm still in bondage to my pride. I still feel like I'm in, I'm in bondage to uh, not living a healthy lifestyle. I'm still in bondage to the things that I even de- deceive myself, uh, things that I deceive myself of. And he uses this analogy. It's really a voting analogy. And when you have an election, when there's a vote, you don't need a unanimous decision. You don't need to have 100% of all the votes that makes that person win. You just need the majority, right? You just need the majority in every vote or every choice, every decision you make is a vote for that habit. So every decision I make, every choice that I make, whether good or bad, it's a vote for that habit. And you know what? There might be some days where you don't get it all always right. There might be some days where you slip. You might go three days or three steps forward and two steps back. You might feel like it's just clunky, but I feel like I'm moving forward, but not really. And every decision is a vote for that habit. And all you need is the majority and let God's grace fill in the gaps. You're not gonna do it perfect. We often call ourselves to a standard that God didn't even call us to. We put way too much pressure, way too much burdens on ourselves to be perfect when that's not what God invited us to. When he saved you, he knew that it would be a journey. He knew that there would be a process of sanctification. And what it says in Galatians 5, it says walk by the spirit, meaning that word walk in Greek means a habitual doing that every day. You know what? I'm gonna walk with the spirit. Every day I'm gonna walk in step with God. Every day I'm gonna pray. Every day I'm gonna keep going. It doesn't matter what happens. doesn't matter what I feel. doesn't matter what holds me back. It doesn't matter if I feel like I took three steps back. It doesn't matter because tomorrow is a new day and God is good and his grace is sufficient for you. And we can celebrate that, that no matter what happens to us, we can still rejoice in the fact of what God can do. We, we make the horse ready for battle, but victory lies with the Lord. So we do our part and God does his part. The outcomes that you want, the vision that you have, the goal that you want, that rests with God, but you do your part. And I remember having this moment after I went through this book and I just talked to 
one of my mentors about this because we're sitting in this book and I, I just said, man, I'm just, I, sometimes I get just so hard on myself and I get, you know, so angry because the moment that I get really mad or, or hard on myself, I just discount myself out. And I said, you know, sometimes, you know, with good habits, I'm too hard on myself. And then with bad ones, I'm just too casual. And with the bad habits in my life, I'm just, you know what, I just justify it and I say, well, it's just a part of my sinful nature. It's just a part of who I am. It's just a part of, you know, me being human. And then the good ones, I say, well, they're, they're not attainable. They're too high. It's impossible. I won't ever do it. Nothing ever changes. And I let the good ones die and I let the bad ones slide. And I sit in this, like, man, this endless cycle. Like, are things ever going to change? Is things ever going ever gonna to be different about my life? And when you sit in the fact that God's grace is sufficient for you, that God invites you into it. And maybe right now tonight, there, there's things that you know that, hey, what comes to mind of, like, I, I'm making excuses in this area. God's been calling me to get baptized, but the excuse I give him is that I'm not ready. God's asking me to come to him. It's just to say yes to Jesus, but I'm just too scared because I don't think I have it all together. God's asking me to step in, to serve, to lead, to volunteer, but you know what? The timing just isn't right. And sometimes we pray about whether it's God's timing or not. And if it's about the gospel, God's not waiting for himself. He's waiting for you. We often feel like we have to wait on God when God might just be waiting for you. He's waiting for your choice. He's waiting for your decision. He has victory. But until you prepare, you might not ever see it. And so in this room, I just wanted to enter into a prayer moment. And I want you just to close your eyes, bow your heads. And maybe there's something that God has put on you. Maybe there, you know that uh, there's been things that you've been battling in your life. There's been bad habits that you've had for years. It's, it's toxic thoughts. It's impure thoughts. It's things that you know that aren't right. It's the, it's the things that, that you know that, that maybe I'm just overcome by, by lust. And I keep falling into the same sin, the same temptation, the same desire. And my life isn't going to change. It's not any different. But God is giving you an invitation an invitation just to say yes. Maybe you don't even know who Jesus is. You're still trying out this whole church thing. You're still trying out this whole religion thing. Like, hey, is Christianity legit? Is God really good? Is, is Jesus really the only way, the truth, and the life? And maybe tonight you just feel the Holy Spirit prompting in you to say yes to Jesus. You know that there's a decision that you need to make, and maybe the Holy Spirit is just bringing that to you right now. And I want to have a moment to pray over you. And maybe there is something in you that you just need to take a stand. And you say, you know what? I'm going to stand and God, no more. I quit making excuses. I quit de uh, denying. I quit delaying. I quit defending. God, you just want my yes. God, you just want me to step into this. And I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over this room. If that's you, if there's something you feel like, Man, I just, I got to quit making excuses. You can even go ahead and stand in this prayer time. You can stand up right where you're at and you can just say, you know what, this is something that is, that is damaging my life and I want to change, I want to move forward, I want to be different. And so God, we just invite you. Maybe right now, right where you're at, you know that there's something that needs to change. You can go ahead and stand, I'll pray over you. I'll pray over the, the situation that you're in, the, the circumstance that you're in that you want to make a different decision, you want to make better habits, you want to make better choices, you want to make better things in your life. 
And so God, we just invite you. God, I pray that you would meet people right where they're at. God, would you, Father, right in their journey where they feel like, I, right, God, I'll never change. God, you can, because that's your power. You choose people in scripture all the time, God, that we wouldn't pick. And God, we're just so thankful that we don't even pick people like how you pick people. So God, may your Holy Spirit really minister to people's hearts right now. God, may you draw yourself near. And God, do immeasurably more where they feel like they want to quit. God, would you give them breath? Would you give them new life to keep going? Would you speak, God, to your sons, to your daughters, God, to your kids? Knowing, God, that we play a part, but victory lies with you. God, we pray this in your holy and precious name. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Seagewell Podcast today. We all make excuses in different ways, so take some time and reflect on those excuses with God and ask Him to help reveal those to you and how to work through those with Him. If you'd like to learn more about College at 12 Stone, give us a follow on Instagram at C12Stone. And love to see you next week at C12, 730 at our Lawrenceville campus. Hope to have you join us next week.